Hi, everybody. It's Sandra Golden. One of my besties is Cadillac Jack, and one of my best girls is Donna. So they're married. They have a great podcast. How do I know? Because I listened to it. It did my ears good to hear Caddy back on the air through my lovely podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Cadillac Jack, my second act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. I put in a very loyal 26 years until July 2019. I was fired. So welcome to my second act. And my name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. And I think we have people that have moved in with us that we don't know into our house. Where and who? Well, based on the amount of laundry that I'm doing every day, we have taken on some subletters. I mean, why, why, why now is it? I don't know. I, I really, I swear I don't know. I, and I'm working, you know, I work from the house. So like before when I was commuting downtown back and forth, I couldn't keep up with the laundry as much as I am now, but I can't figure out what's going on. Like, and I know what they're doing. And I've told you this, they keep their laundry in their rooms, like on the floor, under the bed, in their bed, who knows where. And I go upstairs and I'm like, oh, yay. Or they bring the, I make them bring the laundry down. And the, you know, the laundry baskets are empty. And then all of a sudden I go upstairs and they're like overflowing with stuff. And so I think I'm ahead or at least caught up. And, and then, then comes the big dump. Oh my God. And I've had people say to me, why don't you, you know, that's ridiculous. You're doing your kids laundry. Why don't you let them do that? Because I've had shirts turned orange. I've had things shrunk. I've had things go missing. They leave pens in pockets, tissues in pockets, money, AirPods. I mean, you just have no idea. Remote controls. There was a remote control <laughs> that went through the washer and dryer the other day. A direct TV remote control. I need to go to the course that you're going to teach about how to use the washer and dryer with the kids. I need to go to that. Yeah. Do you know? Brush up a little bit. You remember? Do you remember when I was on vacation? I was gone to the beach with the girls and you called me. I don't even think I was down 75. And you you said, I just want to make sure the washer is the one on the left. <laughs> the first time that I met Taylor Swift, she was an escort. Okay, that doesn't sound good. In Nashville. She was. Okay, clarify that. Well, I, I, I will. She was part of the CMA Awards radio broadcast Um roundtables, as they're called. And it's where, when you hear a morning show broadcasting from an award show, and I've done the billboards, I've done uh, Grammys and CMAs and ACMs, done them all through the years. But what happens is your, your morning show travels uh, to, say, Nashville for the CMA Awards, which is where uh, we were. And all the artists come to the you know to the Hilton or whatever, and they know they can hit 18, 20 major market country stations by spending three hours in a ballroom uh, because we're all set up in there and they can just go from table to table. Taylor Swift was an escort. The first time I met her, she was 15 years old and she had a t-shirt on and on the back, it was yellow. And on the back, it said escort because the artists were assigned someone to take each artist from radio station to radio station. They were an escort. I don't know what you were thinking. I, I wasn't. I just wanted you to clarify. Like a host, a volunteer, an escort. Right. She'd keep the stations on time so that the artist wasn't there, you know, longer than they had committed to. Well, and I think, you know, it, it's kind of like when you watch award shows on TV, like on E or like the, you know, the Oscars or whatever, that person's role is also to like carry around a card or a sign to say who the person is. And she was dropping hers. Right. At every, it was a very, I mean, that's a ballsy thing to do. 15 year old kid 
And she drops, a, you know, at the time, a, a CD, a compact disc on the table as she leaves with her artist that she's escorting. She would leave for, uh, I guess it was probably Tim McGraw. Oh, the song. The, the song Tim McGraw. She would leave it on your table. Yeah. Well, she's always been amazing at marketing. Brilliant so. marketing. Yeah. Actually, she very is, smart. Uh, she has a Netflix special that's going to pop here in about three days. If you're listening on the day of release, today is Thursday. If you're listening on the day of release, today is Tuesday, January the 28th. And it's hidden on the 31st on right, Netflix. On Netflix. I'm kind of excited. I loved her concert special Um, that she had. I guess it was on Netflix that she had that was just, you know, all live footage from her concerts and stuff. I, I would like to see, like, I'm hoping I'm going to see some behind the scenes stuff, you know, a little bit more about her life. She's going through a tough time right now with her mom, Andrea. Um, I know she's very polarizing. I think with people, you know, I think that people either like her or, or just kind of think she's kind of saccharine sweet or, you know, but I will say every experience that you and I have ever had with her has been incredible. Um, and I can't say that about every artist that we've had an experience with. Every single time, she has been incredibly kind. And, you know, her mother right now, her mother had um, was diagnosed with cancer. And now her mother is fighting a brain tumor. And her mother, and I don't remember what tour it was. Which one would it have been? Was it the girls one, were young. One of the, big, one of the first big sold-out arena tours. When she came through. And it was Phillips, right? Mm. And... She gave our daughters, Andrea, her mother, met you backstage and gave the girls a backstage tour. And I remember I didn't go, but I remember because, you know, only three of you guys, actually four could go because Olivia had a friend with her, Shelby. And I remember Andrea, the her mother, the girls telling me she was opening up road cases and showing, you know, Taylor's on stage outfits and just so sweet and kind. And, you know, like a mother who was so proud of her daughter, but also knew that she was making like this amazing impression on someone else's daughters, you know, and tell about her writing, you know, thank you notes. In our safe at home, we have handwritten personalized thank you notes from Taylor Swift to our kids after she um, would, would see them before the show. Within three days, you would get on really cool stationery, handwritten uh, to each child, and call in something out special about that night. I love seeing your what shoes or your yeah, you know, uh, well, and what I all remember, the kids wearing now. She wrote one to Will because he wasn't there, and she said, "You know, we missed you at the concert." But it was kind of funny. Like we understand, you know, that you're probably too cool for a Taylor Swift concert. And here's the thing about Will: he spells his name. We've always spelled Will's name with one L. That's what makes him special. One of the many things. All the trophies, though, say W-I-L-L. Yeah. All the things at school used to say W-I-L-L. But um, she spelled his name with one L. So somewhere, whether it was through a label person or through one of our programming directors, she had found out, you know, what are Caddy's kids called and how do they spell their names? And that is a level of artist, you know, that just doesn't happen a lot nowadays and it's funny because when she comes through which whenever it is we both say we want to go see her because i love her music you know the girls have kind of outgrown it they like it but i don't think that they would be clamoring you know to get tickets but i i, I just think she's an amazing well, such a production and it she is. takes such pride in everything that she does and she's a hard worker you know there's very again very few artists who write their own music 
you know, and have a hand in every single thing that they do. So like her or not like her, you have to respect the work ethic and, you know, certainly want to send thoughts to her mother because I know that this is a very, very tough time for her. Mother's incredibly involved in her career, even to this day. Um, And listen, anybody who is a young person who's dealing with something, anybody who's dealing with anyone who's, you know, struggling with something like that, that's a tough time in your life. Miss Americana is the name of the documentary. It's going to hit uh, on the 31st of January. They viewed it for the first time at Sundance last weekend. Didn't get great reviews. Well, I just want to read one line from, uh, this was a review in the New York Post. Uh, Truth be told, her song 15 is far more revealing than anything in this behind-the-scenes glimpse. You remember the song 15? I do. Abigail. Abigail. Do you think that Abigail knew that Taylor Swift was going to out her in the song 15 for losing? Okay. For, For giving it away. Well, here's the thing. For a while, you and I used to joke. It was kind of an inside joke between the two of us. Like, I don't think there's an Abigail. You know what I mean? But she name checks Abigail in a couple of songs. Right, she does. <laughs> um, and then, lo and behold. She produced her. She produced her. And I can't remember if it was at the music award. Like, the you know, it wasn't at the CMAs, I don't think, at the time. But anyways. And then later, I think she was like a bridesmaid in Abigail's wedding. Put a Google on that. I don't know. Yeah. But it was very... Um, there's definitely an Abigail, but I don't know that she knew that Taylor Swift, you know, like you write songs in your bedroom about your friends or write in your journal. You probably never think that that stuff's actually, somebody's going to get famous and actually like use that name stuff. check you yeah. and, and what you did right when you were 15. You know, Abigail's parents were like, you did what? Yeah, I don't know about that. I want to find the line. I look for it. I don't know how I feel about that. Travis Tritz blocked me on Twitter. What's going on with this mess? Um, Dirks Bentley has his parody band called Hot Country Nights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Love them. Okay, they always come out when Dirks on, you know, it's it's Dirks is the front man. Right. So they're on tour be, with Dirks, literally. Well, I think it used to be him and like some of Midland, you know. And they come out and they do songs that they have, um, that they have, you know, written and all that kind of stuff. And they're all dressed up and, you know. He's like got like a mullet. And, yeah. yeah. So it looks like David Spade. And <laughs> um, the funny thing about that well, aren't they doing something with Travis Tripp? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yes. So the tweet was something about the new project and that they're going to, the first song is going to be a collaboration with Travis Tripp. And so I clicked through on his, you know, they had his handle on Twitter and I clicked it and it pulled up because I was just curious what Travis was doing, you know, other than recording this song with, uh, with Burke Bentley's hot country nights. And I've been blocked. Travis blocked you. Yes. And I don't know why. And it's troubling to me. You know, he is, one of my f- top five singers of all time. Think of the songs Travis Tripp's done. Mine too. Put some drive in your country. Help me hold on. His Here's quarter. a quarter. Country club. The list goes on and on Got and on it. and on and on. Here's what happened. Because I, I figured this out. I know why Travis Tripp blocked me. You are blocked from following at Travis Tritt and viewing at Travis Tritt's tweets. Here's why. I was doing afternoons at the time. You know, Travis Tritt lives here in Metro Atlanta. Lives in Paulden County in right. Dallas. Dallas, Georgia. And at the time, he was... Dropped from Warner Brother Records. I was doing afternoons on kicks. And this had to, I've done some research on this to make sure that this is, I think, why, you know, why that he's done this. He was on Warner Brothers Records until the day that we had a split. And it was a day that he got dropped. And I mentioned it, Donna, a couple times on the air during my afternoon show that, that, that Warner Brothers had dropped Travis Tritt. He's a hometown artist. It, it made sense. At about 
6.45, I get off at 7 o'clock, about 6.45, the hotline rings. Mm. And it's Travis Tripp. Uh-oh. And I wish that I had been rolling tape on the phone call, but I wasn't. He lit into me. Really? I mean, cussed me up and down. My phone's ringing off the hook. Beep, beep. People telling me that you're saying I got dropped from Warner Brothers. I didn't get dropped from Warner Brothers. I dropped them. And just, I mean, calling Moby into it. You know, I didn't think you were going to be like Moby and just be a troublemaker and start trouble all the time. Da, da, da. And he just, I mean, this went on and on and on. And I'm just standing there in the studio listening, you know, to Travis Tripp ranting through the speaker. And he eventually hung up. Lord. It's been so long. Why the hate? Why the anger, Travis Tripp? He must be one of those people that like holds grudges. What's weird about that, though, is I think since that came down, I remember we went to see him. We were visiting your dad. In Asheville. In Asheville. And we took Olivia to see him. And we went backstage. And I've got a great picture. We need to post it on social. We we uh, He looked happy. <laughs> well, he was a meet and greet. <laughs> you have to. I know, but no. I just. I you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that's what it's about. And, and I hate that. Because I, I was really interested in, in, in Travis and, and what he was doing with the Dirks thing. Because we were both huge fans of Dirks Bentley as well. Right. And I'm curious about the Hot Country Nights project. Do you remember um, anybody who was who's lived here for a while? If you remember, obviously, like Cowboys and, you know, all we listen, we could do five shows on like country bars and things that happened. Mama's, Mama's Country Showcase and all that great stuff. But he filmed a Disney special. And I remember at the time I was working for Y106 and you were working for Kix. And he rode up on stage on a motorcycle mm-hmm. at Cowboys. But the funny part to this story, because he was, I mean, it was at the height of his popularity. You know, he was hot right then. And and still, I mean, I don't want Travis to get mad at me. He's still, he's still doing great. So, but the funny thing was you were working for Kicks mm-hmm. and you did nights. And I was there with um, Craig Ross. Yes. Who did. Afternoons at Y. Afternoons at Y. And so we set up our little table for Y and, you know, down because we were both stations were there for Travis Tritt. And I remember somebody I had never met you before and somebody coming down and saying, what are you guys doing? Like, this is Cadillac Jack's house. Oh, come on. I swear. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is a country bar and we're a country station. They're like, no, 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 no. He does everything out here and you guys can't be here. He's going to get really mad. And I remember thinking, like, who is this cat? Like, what is his deal? Yeah, and, I've never heard this story before. Okay, yeah. And so I turn around and I see this guy coming down the stairs in like a mullet. Yes, jean a mullet. Jacket, kicks jean jacket. Kicks jeans yeah. jacket and the, these big glasses. Yeah, glasses like big kind of like Urkel glasses. Okay, Donna. Well, they were. And I was like, this is the guy that's going to kick us out of here. Like, this is his house. And they were like, yeah, yeah I'm telling you, you know, he's going to get really mad. And I don't know. I, it wasn't like, it was like the, you know, like. We were West, all by the same company at the time, though, weren't we? Yeah. Yes, but, you know, I don't think we, like. Why had never done anything really at Cowboys? Why because it was happen? Cadillac Jack's house. It was Cadillac Jack's house, but it was like West Side Story. Like, okay, we're gonna get into like a, <laughs> we're gonna get and look into at us now. a dust up, Crips in the blood. I was know? there a lot back in my twenties. Oh yeah, and had a great time. Wouldn't wouldn't change it for anything. But I was there a lot. I remember one time Bob Johnson, the manager, came up to me on like a, I was there like on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> okay. And uh, he said, he, he pulled me aside. He said, you know what, Kenny? He said, um, you know, if, if you just came every once in a while, it would mean a lot more to people. That's great advice. Well, it was. You know, if you're there six, 
nights a week. It's not healthy. I would, but again, I was like 23. You were young. But, you know, we always say you don't want to be the last one to leave the party. I was. Yeah, always. Most nights. Well, actually, <laughs> no. Not only were you the last one to leave the party, you were the one that when we were friends, the next day I would have to drive you back to get your car and try to find it. That was It was like a game of like, where's Waldo with your car? Like, okay, I think it's in the Cowboys parking lot. So it, I think you drove a Blazer at the time. Do you remember? I did, yeah. And I would drive you there, it and there. I wouldn't be there. And then, no, well, maybe the Waffle House up here near Stylesboro. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think I left it at the Chevron on the corner. You know, it was just crazy. But you were young. That's what you're supposed to be doing when you're young. I have um, I've been suffering really bad. I have been in great pain for the past nearly two weeks, I guess. Well, that's what you, now you're kind of coming clean and saying it's been going on longer. Well, we're never honest about the illness or the sickness or anything like that. When men, you, ask. you mean men. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're never honest about it. I think I told you like three days, but I have had, this is clear now, but I had this sty in my left eye that would come and it clear up and then it would, uh, it would fester back up and it would clear up and you would think that you're done. And it got to be the size of a, a pea, a it frozen horrible. pea. Under my eyelid and out the outside of my eyelid, and it, it obstructed my vision. Even that's dramatic. It did. That's a dramatic reading. Well, I do know that you like you started wearing a patch around, yes. which was I thought it was going to be sexy, but it wasn't. It was weird. It was like I don't know. I told you it was almost like an old diabetic thing, like something bad had happened to you. I don't know. It just was not attractive at all. It wasn't like the I thought it was going to be like a Johnny Depp look, but no, I couldn't I didn't pull it off. No, I wore it into. We went to. I took the family for a free pie Wednesday at O'Charlie's, and uh, I just to embarrass the kids. It was the day I had the patch. I bought it. We bought it at CVS, right? And it was a joke more than anything, right? But I put it on to wear it in O'Charlie's, and the kids. We had all three of them. The kids were they just were, mortified. They were mortified. Mortified. Daddy's sitting there in O'Charlie's with a pie. Uh, well, sure, yes, yeah, a piece of pie. On free pie Wednesday, but a patch over his eyes. Well, here's the funny thing about the patch. Nobody has the nerve to ask like. What it is. I mean, you use it's not, it's not politically correct to ask someone why they're wearing a patch, but <laughs> it was like, it kind of looked like a bra. Like it was pointed. What? The patch was pointed. It was like one side of a bra. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a flat patch, like a cool patch. It had like a pitch to it. You're right. <laughs> it was it's like, well, Madonna, when she wears yes. the, yes, and, and like sparkler, Katy Perry had sparklers come out of hers, I believe at one point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so at the same time, that I have needed round the clock care. Care. I've also been dealing with a, a toothache that I've actually had about six months, and I told you maybe a week. You came clean. I, think. I I I I don't get many toothaches. I've had decent health with my teeth. You should not. Um, this is the type toothache that if I had a hammer and I don't, I don't own one. If I had a hammer, I would take it and just bam. Just knock my my cheek because it's just a constant throbbing pain. Yeah. And so Donna kidnaps me, takes me to the dentist, to Dr. Cunningham in Roswell. And I laid, I sit down in the chair and they put the thing over, you know, the, the lead coat, like full metal jacket. They take the x-ray, it comes out, I have a cavity in an upper tooth, upper back. Right. And it's a wisdom tooth. Unbelievable. Which this has caused much discussion oh. and debate in our house before this tooth became a problem because 
You've claimed that your wisdom teeth are fine. I don't have my wisdom teeth. You've claimed your wisdom teeth are fine. I had them taken out when I was younger. No, I said they never came in. They and never came in. I thought that in. was the truth so until I went to see Dr. Cunningham. Will and Charlotte, or I mean, Will and Olivia, who, of course, do not want to have a wisdom tooth taken out, are claiming that they don't have wisdom teeth. So I've never thought any of this was true. But here's the problem with you and this tooth. We were driving to the dentist, and I said, okay, listen, just remember I love you. And you're like, what does that mean? And I said, you just don't do well. At the dentist, and I don't want to get into an argument with you, and I I do not want this day. To is get... this is this now or no, is this our conversation on the way there? Okay. I don't want this day. I don't, know if it was real time or not. I don't want this day to go south because you have a track record of not handling the dentist well. Have you ever heard of sedation dentistry? Sedation dentistry is for wussies like myself who, because Doctor. King, when I was a young child, jerked my teeth out with pliers. Okay. And I, and that, <laughs> touched again, me inappropriately. That, well, I'm sorry about the second part, but the first part seems, again, dramatic. So I've had this fear my entire life of, <laughs> of a dentist. <clears throat> well, how would you? <laughs> All right. But. So one time Donna signed me up. We lived in Roswell. Mm-hmm. on the Chattahoochee across and we live in Inverness. And you said, listen, I found this new thing called sedation dentistry. This is for you. It's where you, you, you have sudden amnesia and you don't remember anything and you're asleep, but you're not, you're in a twilight stage. And I'm like, golly. Okay. I'll Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Well, I probably wanted to go under entirely. This is how much I, I, I just, I, my palms get sweaty just talking about it right now. But having to well, go to you need like you need like Michael Jackson, like propofol, buckets and buckets of it Please. to like make it through. Please. So you have to pop this pill. I did some research. Turns out it's a benzo. It's it's normally for for doctors that do sedation dentistry. It's a, a, a benzo, meaning it's a, a clonopin. It's um, Valium. You know, sedation a sedation drug. So you're not asleep. No. Right? Turns out you're not. Turns out you are not asleep when you do sedation dentistry. So what, are you just in a calmer state, maybe? I was not. No, you were not. It did not go well. No, it did not. So they tell Donna, she drops me off, and uh, they say, come back, you know, two hours, the procedure will be done, it'll be a little groggy, but uh, come back and things will be done. And so I get under the light, and they're working, and I'm supposedly not supposed to be smelling or hearing any of this because of the sedation dentistry, and I suddenly become the Hulk, and I swing the lamp all the way over to the other side of the room, and I'm yelling, I rip my, you know, how they have the chains holding the, you know, the the adult napkin. Oh, gosh. I ripped it off and just got very, very aggressive and went into the lobby and there were people waiting for appointments and things. And I'm throwing vases of flowers and Southern Living cookbooks. And it was horrible. This is a really horrible. bad. And this, this happened. Yeah, this no, happened. this is the truth. This is really bad. Well, and on my end, I'm thinking, okay, he's kind of like my child. So I've got two. At the time, we didn't know anything we had. We did not have. We had no children at the time. And we had Will, but he wasn't living with us. And I remember thinking, okay, I've got two hours to go like – you know, at that time, I had nothing but time and money. So, I mean, it's like, who knows what I was going to do? But I'm like, I don't have to pick him up for two hours. And then I got the call from them. And they said, come quick. Well, come quick, because we don't know where he is. He left the office. And I'm like, what? How did, how does he, how did he get away from you all? This was supposed to be go smoothly. So you find me 
on the corner of Roswell Road and Johnson Ferry in East Cobb. And if you know that area, you know that intersection. There's a Chevron right there. And I was literally sitting on the curb with my feet on Johnson Ferry Road with galls in my mouth. Ugh. And I don't. I think I left my glasses. I couldn't see. Um, oh, and you were so mad. You were mad at me. You were mad at them. I had to like help you, obviously, into the car. I had to lock the car. I had to put your seatbelt on. I basically had to restrain you to get you home. And it was just a mess. I mean, it was a mess. And you, because I think at the time you were doing afternoons and we had, you know, you were scheduled not to go in because you were having this dental work and you were trying to call Johnny Gray, who was like the, you know, music director director at the time to tell him that you were coming to work and that I wasn't, that he was not supposed to listen to me. Yes. Do not listen to Donna. She doesn't know what she's talking about. I mean, it was all this crazy stuff. Like she's evil. She's trying to keep me from going to work. I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. It was bad. So I guess I went home and you and did. I, I did call mm-hmm. and apologize and sent them flowers to, oh, to the dentist the office. That, yes. yes. To, to you needed to, you needed to swing through like rooms to go to like pick them up, horrible, pick them up some more it furniture. Was horrible. And so that added Donna to my fear of the dentist even more. Right. It wasn't a great experience. And then you got, you got veneers Yes, and that took a lot of work. And, um, we had a great doctor, Dr. Pete Bolden, who did those. And I think you kind of overcame it then. You know, I think as an adult, too, like after, I mean, you were an adult then, but it was just sort of like after you've had a couple of procedures done, like you used to be really weird about shots and giving blood or anything. And you're much better about that now. So I feel good about the wisdom tooth removal. I don't. I do. Mm. Well, we don't have a choice. So unless you're going to go buy your hammer. Do it myself. Yeah. Save some insurance. I noticed on social media, Tracy Cousineau posted a meme with Megan and Prince Harry. And it says, moving out of grandma's house, parents' basement, called Tracy Cousineau. Very clever. Tracy Cousineau, real estate expert, advisors. Moving out from underneath the queen. Don't list your home yet so you don't lose your hard-earned equity. That is until you've spoken to Metro Atlanta's number one most trusted advocate for real estate consumers, my friend and real estate expert guru, Tracy Cousineau. You want to maximize your profit while selling. Sell your home on your time frame without being pressured. Call Tracy Cousineau and real estate expert advisors to get you up to 18% more money, 18% more than traditional real estate agents. Tracy's going to move your home. She's going to put it in the eyes of uh, the people that need to see it. And you need to be prepared to move yourself because she's going to sell your home quick. TracyCousineau.com. That's cousin with an E-A-U. Because you know she's going to sell your home, TracyCousineau.com, or call 855-MY-EXPERT. Is any vacation with your family an actual vacation if the kids are with you, or is it a trip? It's a trip, and it's a trip. It's a trip, and it can be a trip. There is no... Okay, the difference between that is a vacation is when you... And I'm not saying you're necessarily with your spouse. You could be on a girl's, you know, a girl's vacation, you could be doing a, a guy's vacation. As long as your kids are not with you, this sounds so bad, then it's a vacation. If you just take your current circus and move it to a different location, be it a beach house, an Airbnb, a nice four-star hotel, your in-laws, that's a trip. Because nothing really kind of changes. I mean, it's nice to be away and you, we love vacationing with our kids. Let's be real clear here. This is not a negative thing about that, but 
you come home and you're like, man, I need a vacation. From my vacation. Yeah. You know, we used to joke like when we did all those Disney trips, you know how like when you drive into a Disney hotel, everybody's like, do, 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 do. And they're all so excited. And like, they come Mickey's in. out there to greet oh, you. Oh, my with gosh. Pictures and-, and you're so excited. And the kids are running out of the car. When you were, when it's time to leave, you're like, get in the car. Everybody get in the car. Everybody needs to go to the bathroom before we get on the road. Get in you're the ready. car. You're yeah. done. You're, you're done. done. And we've joked about this when we travel in the lobby, when oh, you're you at Disney tell. or any of the amusement parks. In the lobby, you can tell who are the people that are coming in yes. and who are the people that are checking out. Because the people checking out are quite surly. Oh, yeah. It's like freshmen versus seniors. Yes, exactly. You know? <laughs> You're yelling. They're yelling at their yeah. kids. Yeah. The kids are out of control. They know that they have a you know 10-hour drive. You're broke. They, you're broke. You oh, can't afford gas to get you to Jacksonville. Seriously. Remember the time we were coming back? We were driving. And um, we the traffic was so bad, we stopped in Gainesville. Yes. And, and University of Florida was having a football game. And we could barely find a hotel there. But we were like, we can't do this. Because what people, you know, when you drive, it's like people are coming in from cruise ships and from Orlando and then from different places. And it was just like, I don't know what, we, we had no stamina that trip. We were like, we can, we're going to have to just take a pass. I think we got started late too. And we had made it from like Orlando to like, I don't know where we were, to Gainesville or something by like, it took us forever just to get to that far. And we're like, we're done. Going to become a two-day trip suddenly. Yeah, two-day trip. We, we've had some good trips. We've had some good trips and we've had some really interesting trips. You know, the kids love sitting around the table and talking about you on trips. Because there's kind of like this pattern that develops, you know? What's that pattern? You get frustrated. I do. Mm -hmm. I think though, I will say, I think now you probably wouldn't be as much. Well, I think you're right because when when you know this and working a full time job, and and listening to the podcast right now, you know that you have to do so much work. You have to work so hard before you leave that you sometimes wonder: Is it really worth it? Is it worth? You know, we would have to uh, mask five morning shows. So anytime that I was on vacation, and I had five weeks a year, anytime that I was on vacation. Um, we would have to pre-record everything. And most morning shows do that because they don't want you to get familiar or, or start to become familiar with someone else. So right. everything's best of for most morning shows. We did a combination of best of and, uh, and an original content, first run content, as we call it. Well, and I also think like... But it was a pain. Right, it was. And I also think you, because you got up so early, it would take you. And you would always say this, you know, it would almost be like, say we were gone for seven days or whatever. I mean, it would, and and this is probably anyone, but I mean, especially someone who has some kind of alternative schedule, like it would take you three days before you were like Mm. kind of settling. Three days into seven, into a week. Yeah. And my head starts to turn around and and get somewhat normal, you know, day three, day four. And then for three days you have it, which is fantastic. And then you got to turn it back around when the alarm goes off at three 30, you know, and get back on your, 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 your full-time your, your dad work schedule. Yeah. But you know, there's a couple of trips that the kids just love to talk about. One of them, I mean, it wasn't a vacation or trip. We were just, these up come at, up all the time they with do. the kids. And oh I'm, God. I'm, I'm ashamed and embarrassed. Well, they're that, funny that stories. This, that out of, out of everything that we've done with our kids on some really nice and some really crappy vacations, the, this, these are the stories that are always shared and passed yeah. down. And they're all about me and and getting frustrated. But they're funny. And I mean, they love them and they remember them. It's really funny. So we weren't on, like I said, we weren't on a trip on a vacation. We were up at um, at our mountain house up in Cashers, North Carolina. Which has been in my home for 
200 years. Correct. It's not something that I was, you know, it's not, uh, it's been in the family. Yes. So we, um, my sister and my niece, Ava, had come up for the weekend. And so we all decided we were going to drive down to Raft. To Raft. Yeah, you remember this one. And it was the Tuckasegee. Down kind of in Silva and Bryson, Dillard. Dillard that, yeah, I think it was Dillard. Yeah, that area. Not only is Dillard, it's like Bryson, Silva. Anyway, so it's a self-guided raft. Like you do your own raft. And this particular day, normally this river mm. is like easy peasy, like almost like floating down the Chattahoochee. But it had rained like really hard for like probably a week. So the banks of the river, the river was really high. And it was a little choppy. I mean, it wasn't anything like massive, like you know, five-star rapids. But I mean, it was, for us, it was. Moving. Yeah, it was moving. So you take this little bus and we each get a raft because there's, so in one raft, it's my sister, Annette, Will, who's our 20-year-old, and Olivia, who's 16. I don't, it's probably three years ago. And then in the other raft, it's you, me, and we call them the littles. We've got Charlotte. Who's our youngest. And, high anxiety and then we've got ava who's high energy and so it was just a mix for disaster so they the the other raft gets on the water and they're moving in we go to put our raft into the water and you fall over you fall over the back and the girl the littles are screaming they're like the captain's falling overboard the captain's falling overboard so annette and them are just like paddling on you know they're like we gotta get away from this then we're literally going in circles like you and I are. Well, you, I, I want to throw myself in the in the water here mm-hmm. because remember, um, I, I I went for one thing that and it wasn't a kid. I went for one thing that fell out of the the uh, paddle. Was it? No, it was cigarettes. Oh God! Yeah, our captain was smoking. That's a whole nother. I issue. had them like in a Ziploc freezer bag, and this is when I smoked, and and I had it in a Ziploc freezer bag so that it wouldn't get wet. And so when I fell out. Of the raft, that's the first thing I start swimming towards my cigarettes because I knew it was going to be a long day. I well, knew it was going to well, be a long and, day. Well, and Ava was screaming, like, you know, Ava was screaming, like, the captain's overboard and he's smoking. <laughs> so it was just a mess in the beginning. But literally, we, you and I were arguing so much because you're yelling at me to paddle a certain way. And we're, we, we're just going in circles. We like like the, the old fashioned tidy bowl commercial where you're just going in circles, you know, and then you eventually just go down the drain. So then. We somehow managed to get stuck on a rock. Several rocks. Several rocks. And people like in kayaks had to come over, you know, and help us. Push us. Push us off the rocks. And so you're starting to lose patience. And then there's this. I lost patience in the in the van on the way down the mountain. Yeah, I knew it wasn't going to go well. And then there's this place where you have to get out. Like if you don't get off the river, if you miss the, you know, the out outpost, you literally go around again. And you... I mean, it was like a hawk on the. Well, it's like a some it was a U.S. Navy paratrooper. Yeah, you're going to hit your mark. I'm not missing this mark because if I miss this mark, then there's another four hours of yelling and screaming, wetness and, and being miserable and yelling and screaming. And by that point, I would have probably been out of cigarettes. Yeah, you were screaming at me. Make sure you get us off there. We we can't go too far. And these girls, they're crying. I mean, and the other raft is like, it is just like seamless floating. It was a beautiful day. Yeah, it was. It was. But the girls talk about that one all the time. And then the other one is um, in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Same thing. We were up in the mountain house and we took the girls. I don't think Will was with us. And we took the girls skiing. I will say this. If you have ever skied with children, it is probably until they get good at it, 
it is one of the hardest things as a parent that you can do because you're hot, you're in ski clothes, they fall every two seconds, they don't know how to pop off their skis. So you're having to like, get yourself over to where they are, pop their bindings, their skis off, get them back up, they want to quit, because they don't understand it takes a little bit of time to get good. So we're on the bunny slope. We've only made it to the bunny slope. I was happy there. Yeah. That was my speed. That was you. And so we're we get on and it's that conveyor belt, you know, that takes you up to this, what could best be called like a hill. I mean, it's not even a mountain, <laughs> you know? And so you're in, you're behind us. It's old timey people mover. Oh, it's it not is. like something you'd see at the mall. You know, this is no. like, I don't even think this was this piece of machinery's original purpose. No. You know, I, I maybe, think it was like, like a, for gravel or something, yeah, or, something or stones or gold up there in the hills or something. Yes. But they decided at the ski resorts, turn it into the little thing you get on that, you know, moves you. I, I had, trouble all day getting my skis lined up to get on to get on because yeah. it you jump you jump you, when you get yeah. on it and and it well, feels it's really like almost skips and so i had had a very challenging day yes skiing and you already quit about four times and i'm like we can't quit we have to keep going so i'd finally gotten the girls to where they could get on and get off and like we were to the point where we were going to take the ski lift up and some kid fell off the ski lift or the you know the incline thing the conveyor belt and so they stop it and they don't give you a warning. They do not. <laughs> you know, they don't like blow a horn or anything. A whistle. So they stop the thing and you <laughs> go flying off the conveyor belt. Flying off. <laughs> I had enough. After I laughed and beat my pants, I was like, are you okay? You know. <laughs> it was a delayed reaction for it sure. Was. It absolutely was. So you throw your poles you take off your skis. You're like, I quit. I'm done. I'm not coming back. Literally left everything like in the, the rentals. Yeah. Ev- didn't even like take them back. They were just like in the middle of like the ski thing. And I walked to my truck and I got in my truck and I left and I went back to the house in cashers and left you and the kids there. Are you proud? Again, I'm not. Why are we doing proud. this? Why, why, <laughs> funny. Why, why am I entertaining these oh, it's stories? Funny. It's all but funny. I did. Yeah, I said, you, you call me. When you're ready for me to come pick you up, I'm yeah. done. And our family motto, just so you know, is chokes don't quit. And so the girls I like, never knew that. Where'd that come? You you created that for this no, segment. We, no, we yeah, I've never we heard that all. a day. We just celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary, and I've never heard that a day in my life. We always say that. Like, what do we say, kids? Like, when something's tough, and they're like, chokes don't quit. Okay. I never knew that cheer. Well. <laughs> <laughs> because. You weren't in on it. So, did we stop there? Are there more, more stories? I... We vacationed one time. We saved pennies and nickels and dollars to go to the Dominican Republic. It was the 4th of July. It's very odd to be in the Dominican Republic, or not to be in America on the 4th of July. How many years ago? Five, maybe? I don't know. Probably five years. And so uh, we were booking excursions. We were in Punta Cana, and we were booking excursions, and um, we were doing a booze cruise basically with the kids. Well, what, right? but they, uh-huh. didn't, they didn't pull out the booze on the way there. They only pulled out the booze to try to get you again to get back in the game and be happy. That's right. It was a snorkeling thing. Yeah. Yes. We went to go snorkel. And so everybody had, they give you instructions. There's too many people, first of all. And I bet this particular outfitter, if we counted safety vests, I do not think that there would have been enough on that boat. This was a shoddy no. company. Yes, okay. Don, it was. All right. Okay. They did not have enough life jackets on that vessel. Okay. But it all of that. It was crowded. All right. People stacked on one another. They're back on the shore counting American Pesos. dollars. Pesos. No, American dollars. With the all right. But we got a we got a life jacket. So we all have our life jackets on and we get our snorkel gear on. And you basically jump off this boat into the water and mm-hmm. you're following like you follow the leader, the one guy in the front and he can't hear. It's loud. And if you've ever tried to like swim or snorkel in like a 
um, you know, safety vest, it comes up around your ears and you're taking on water. And so I'm trying again to keep up. Charlotte was little trying to keep up with her. And all of a sudden, like we're all in the water, just bobbing around. And it was a pretty long way that we had to snorkel around the boat to get back, you know, to safety. All of a sudden, this other boat comes around the corner and literally puts its anchor down. (laughs) And they chum the water. And docks beside us. (laughs) And the name on the side of the boat is, what was it? It was uh, Shark Hunter Hunter Expeditions. Shark Hunter Expeditions. What? (laughs) They're tossing blood in the water. I was really upset at that point. I was Uh done. And I was probably already done before that. That was like the icing on the cake for me. I, I was already done. And so I got up on the boat and I showed my ass. I did. You threw off your flippers. On through. the boat, in front yep. of everybody. Made a scene. What did I say? You can keep your money and shove it up your no- You know what? Okay, I didn't say that, Donna. <laughs> yeah, you did. But it was funny. And then you after- You your $500 and shove it up your- Yeah. Okay. And so after that, they brought out like the rum punch it from somewhere. Again, this was the most diluted alcohol and Kool-Aid you've ever had in your entire life. But they were like, come on. It's okay, mister. Get up and dance the conga. Have- and you would uh, not have it. You yeah. would not have it. Everybody okay. sunburnt going back. Yeah. All drunk on beer and rum punch. Rum, uh, hooch. <laughs> well, here here's the um here's the thread that goes through this. Everyone again. Uh, no, listen. Why? why why listen, everyone gets frustrated. But at the end of the day, this has always been the way in our family. Someone has to kind of be like the adventure parent and someone has to be like the I just want to hang out and lay on the beach parent. And somehow I always get have yeah. to be. I have to be the adventure parent. And I do not like heights. I, there's things I don't like to do, but I'm always roped in to doing this stuff with the kids. I had to zip line. I, I got stuck over a ravine with alligators at the bottom of it. I've had to, I mean, the crazy things that I've had to do just because they, these kids couldn't do them by themselves. They're like, we have to have a parent. They have to sign a waiver. I, I throw my heart attack around at times like this. Donna, yeah. Donna, I was 42 years old and I had a heart attack. I can't get on that ride. Goliath. Yeah, it's six I flags. I can't zip line, and, and and I don't want to because I also have a terrible fear of heights. But oh, I'm okay gosh. with you going and taking the kids. I'm not going and taking the kids. So listen, I had a heart attack three years ago. I can't do that, Donna. You know better than that. <laughs> it's turning on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and some of that is true. You can't do it, but yeah. They're all good times. Listen, you spend time with their kids. But it's just funny that those are the stories that they like remember. Of all the fun times. Of all the memories and all the pictures. Well, they they remember the fun times, too. And they, they bring these stories up every time. Yeah. These are their go-to vacation stories about dad losing his cool <laughs> and showing his ass. I've heard them for years now. Because it's just so funny how you do it, you know? We were um, at O'Charlie's and in, in coming on Georgia 20 the other night as a family. First time we've all been out, all five of us, for dinner in a long, long time. One of the first things we did when I got fired, and I recommend this to anybody, is stop eating out. Yeah. Eat at home because the money that you, you will save more money eating at home than you probably, especially have a family of five or more um, that then you would, you know, you just, you can save a lot of money that way quickly. So we were out at O'Charlie's. It was free pie Wednesday. I called by the way. I didn't know if that was a current campaign. I wasn't going to drive 30 miles round trip if we were not going to get a piece of free pie. So I called on the way up there and I was just like, Hey, is today free pie Wednesday? And she was like, it is Wednesday. Right. Right. But is it free pie Wednesday? She's like, yes, it is. Because I didn't want to drive that far and this be like a promotion that right. ended six months ago. And then you got mad at me because I didn't go Donna for the free pie. Donna didn't order from the free pie menu. Let me explain this. What they do, it's a, what, what did y'all call it in sales? A loss leader? Sort of. They get you in the door with a free pie tease. And then when you open up the menu, 
every piece of pie that you would want the good is three ninety nine. The good pies are on the second level, yes. second tier. Literally on the second. The, the, the free pies. There's like three of them. Yeah. It's like pumpkin, silk, fudge. Che- well, that's good. But cherry. Just so some, Donna yeah. orders lemon meringue. That's like six ninety nine on for what is supposed to be free pie Wednesday. Yeah, you weren't happy. You did not. You have to order from the menu, and I made that clear. You went to the bathroom. To, I did, and and the, the the waitress came around and got everybody's pie because I said just give me silk, it's free. <laughs> give me a silk piece of fudge, whatever it's called, you know. And I come back and I thought that I, I sat down and I said, "Oh, y'all kidding? That's funny, Daddy. Ha 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 ha." Because we were having a good time. We were cutting up all of us at the table at the O'Charlies, and I thought that everybody was kidding. And then sure enough, I get the bill, and there's a six ninety nine charge for a piece of lemon meringue. For Mama, who preaches more than anybody, we can't go out and eat. We can save money and eat at home, which I do enjoy. But you know, you know what they say: if Mama ain't, we got to watch. If Mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. So we were there, and in the many conversations, many many conversations. You know, just like you, we love spending time with our kids because they each bring something to the conversation, different perspective, or you're able to talk about things like taxes. And I don't know how it came up at dinner. Well, Will was saying, okay, he was saying, I'm because everybody's getting their W, their 1099s or whatever they are, their W2s right now, you know, for this tax season. And he's like, um, so now I just want to make sure that I, I get all of that money back, right? Everything that I've paid in taxes. And, and you and I were like, okay, wait, let's walk through this. And he said, well, you know how when you get your check, Every two weeks, because he works hard. I mean, he does. And he, you know, he gets a good check every two weeks. And he was like, all the money that all of it that they take out for taxes, like they're just holding that somewhere, right? And then they're just going to mail it back to me. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, He says to me, dad, I mean, the look on his face. It was kind of sad. The look, because he was saving it for something that he wants to buy. Yeah. And he assumed that he was getting back every single penny that had been taken out of his check. For a year. Dad, that's painful. He says to me as we're walking out of the What is that? What, he said, what does that money go for? Yeah. What, are they, <laughs> what, are, what, do, they, what do they need that money for? Well, pay attention to economics. Yeah. What do, they, what do they need that money for? What are they going to use that money for? He didn't even realize, because I've done his taxes for the past two years, because it hasn't been a lot, you know. But this year, it, it'll, you know, be a decent sum. But And he will get money back. But he thought he was going to get every single penny back. And he also thought that I didn't have to, you don't have to file taxes, that they just, you know, look at what they've taken out and they just, somewhere up there at the IRS, they cut you a little check and. It bothered him. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I think it was a good lesson in um it, As a parent though, it was fun to see that reaction because you don't see that much anymore. No. When, when, when the light bulb goes off in your kid's mind about something for the first time, like realizing that your, your taxes aren't in a savings account. Right. Earning interest and you get a check back. Well, he was like, you must have paid a lot of money in taxes, Dad. And we're like, yeah, that's how life works there. It's painful, Dad. Yeah. A good moment. We want to thank Sandra Golden from 680 The Fan for doing the show intro for episode um, two, four, six, seven. Episode seven. Uh, Sandra works at 680 The Fan and she is uh, the voice on the front row from six to nine with Stake Shapiro and former Falcon Brian Fennerin. Yeah. And you know what I love about Sandra? There's so many things, but she's a girl's girl. She's, um, you know how there's this term, and if you're not in TV or radio, you probably don't know this, but um, a, a long time ago when people would pair like females up with like a, a male lead, they would call them a giggle girl. 
And their whole job was just whenever you said something funny, I'm just supposed to sit over here and go, hey, that's so funny, Caddy. You're so great. But Sandra has never been a giggle girl. And I think people might assume that because she works on a sports station with um, a group of men. But she is so smart. She knows her stuff. And um, she is just a huge proponent for women in media um, and just just a great and she's been a great friend. Her and Larry um, are great friends and we have so much fun. We go out with them. I laugh so hard. She's just a lot of fun. So we appreciate it. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandy. Um, if, if you want to text us a message, if you want to leave a voicemail message, you can do that. Um, if something struck you today, you want to talk about it further, reach out to us, 770-464-6024. I was invited late last week to share my story at uh, a very nice home in Cumming, Georgia on behalf of Wellstar North Fulton Hospital. And the one thing that I will always do is do anything that Wellstar asks of me because they saved my life three years ago this coming month. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that on an up- upcoming podcast. It was at the home of Jill and Kenneth Bagwell and coming. But I had a, a heart attack and um, the people that park in that parking lot every day there off of uh, Highway 9 are amazing surgeons, amazing techs, amazing doctors and nurses. I learned something, too, um, about Wellstar that I probably knew, but maybe I didn't. It's a level two trauma center. And um, they're currently in a capital campaign to try to um, increase that trauma center. There's currently only two two trauma beds there. Um, and for a city the size of North Fulton, we can do better, you know, for that. It is our hometown hospital. And um, so they're just they're great people. Um, but I think it's it's really important that that is a trauma center right here in our neighborhood. If you live up here in North Fulton County, it's your hospital. Yeah. And it's a good one. Three things that we ask of you is uh, find the time. If you can find the time to hit the subscribe button. So you won't miss anything coming up. Remember that uh, you can go back and listen to earlier episodes of my second act. They don't, uh, they don't ever go away. They don't, you know, are deleted. So you can listen out of order if you'd like, but if you want to go back and catch up and listen to them all, feel free to do that, but hit the subscribe button and you'll see them when they hit. Yeah, absolutely. Listen twice, three times, however many times you want. Um, And then make sure you rate and leave us a five-star review. Um, Some people have had a little bit of difficulty doing the reviews, but um, if you make sure you go all the way to the right and give us a five-star, and then um, you, um, if you're having trouble, you know, leaving reviews, reach out to us and we'll help you. Um, We'll help you get that, that to happen. But we appreciate all the kind reviews and positive thoughts and feedback. And show our sponsors, some love. A big thanks to Tracy Cousino, Real Estate Expert Advisors. My apologies to Ben Burnett. We ran out of time. You can check out his podcast, The Ben Burnett Show. We'll try to rebook him here just as soon as we can on Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network.